This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Alice Dempster. It's Thursday, the 25th of May. In your squiz today, a Trump challenger enters the ring. Farewell to the queen of rock and roll. A doctor warns about social media. And get your own password, says Netflix. This is your squiz today. Alice, this has been on the cards for months, but the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, is this morning officially nominating to become the president of the United States. His announcement is expected at 8am Australian Eastern Time, and it means that he's competing against other Republicans, including Donald Trump, to have his name on the ballot. Yeah, and a notable thing about the announcement is that DeSantis is actually making it on Twitter Hmm. in a live conversation with Elon Musk. But let's step it back a little bit and go over who he actually is. Like you mentioned, Alex, DeSantis has been Florida's governor since 2018. Mm. And as governor, he's helped to turn Florida into something of a right-wing cultural haven. He first came to national prominence in the US by being loudly against COVID lockdowns. And to that point, he put barely any pandemic restrictions on people living in Florida He's also introduced restrictions on abortion, outlawed gender transition care for minors and expanded gun rights and the death penalty. But aside from his anti-lockdown stance, the other thing he's known for is picking a fight with Disney. Disney, you heard that right. The company (laughs) of Mickey Mouse and The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Disney has its theme parks in Florida and so they're a huge part of the state's economy. But DeSantis started targeting the company after they stood up for gay and queer kids. It's all part of what DeSantis calls his war on woke. But that's not the only war he'll be facing. By entering the Republican presidential nomination, he's also going up against Donald Trump. Trump, of course, is the front runner in that race for the nomination. Mm. And in Trump's usual style, he's started calling his former ally Ron DeSanctimonious, which was a bit of a tongue twister when I first saw it, Alex. <laughs> and he also says that DeSantis, quote, has got no personality and I don't think he's got a lot of political skill. People in the Trump camp are quick to point out that DeSantis would never even have become the governor of Florida without Trump's endorsement back in 2018. And in a poll amongst US conservatives in March, Trump was favoured by an enormous lead over DeSantis. But we found out this week that Trump's criminal case for paying hush money to a porn star is going to trial at the start of next year, right in the middle of the Republican voting calendar, if it's not delayed, of course. And if Trump is convicted or even goes to prison, that could leave room for someone similar to Trump, like DeSantis, to gain ground. So watch this space. Claire Noland has died. The 95-year-old with dementia was tasered in a Kuma nursing hospital last week, causing her to fall down and fracture her skull. New South Wales police said last night that Noland passed away peacefully, surrounded by family and loved ones. 
We also heard last night, just prior to the news of Nolan's passing, that the officer who tasered Nolan was criminally charged. Yeah, we heard on Tuesday that he'd been suspended from the force, Alex, but last night criminal charges were laid against him for recklessly causing grievous bodily harm, assault occasioning actual bodily harm, and common assault. We also found out the officer's identity last night. He's 33-year-old Senior Constable Christian White and he's been in the police force for 12 years. New South Wales Police said that Senior Constable White is expected to appear at Cooma Local Court on the 5th of July. Alice, there's a story about PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, the consulting firm, that's been bubbling away under the surface since January. But late last night, the Treasury referred ex-PWC executive Peter Collins to the Australian Federal Police over a scandal involving leaked tax information. Yeah, and if you're just becoming aware of this story, the scandal is that PWC advises the Australian government on tax and that advice is meant to be confidential. But Collins shared his inside knowledge of new laws around taxing multinational companies and then PWC used that confidential information to help its other clients get ready in advance to avoid those new taxes. This is said to have happened in 2016, but as it became public, Collins left the firm last year and his professional registration has been cancelled. We also heard in the last couple of weeks that the Australian head of PwC, Tom Seymour, will leave later this year in response to the scandal. There's also a growing push from some politicians to ban any further government consulting contracts with PwC And there are questions about the reliance on consultants from these big firms. The latest figures show federal government spent $888 million on consultants in the 2021-2022 financial year. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. One of America's leading health officials, the Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, has warned about the risk social media poses to teenagers' mental health. Yeah, he published an advisory saying that teens who use social media for more than three hours a day face double the risk of depression and anxiety symptoms. And he said in light of that, it's particularly concerning that an average kid is spending three and a half hours a day on social media. Dr. Murthy wants more regulations put in place for minors using social media apps and also more research to investigate what heavy tech use is doing to young brains. Tech companies need to take specific action, he said, and work with policymakers, families and researchers on creating safety standards for social media apps. One way to get off TikTok and Instagram, Alice, is to binge something on Netflix. (laughs) But if you are using your parents' account or your old flatmates, then look out because Netflix has launched their crackdown on password sharing between households. Yes, these changes have been flagged for about a year now, Alex. Mm. But yesterday, Netflix sent a fairly sternly worded email to users that said, a Netflix account is for use by one household. 
The company estimates that over 100 million users have shared their password with another household, so mm. there will be plenty of people who might be feeling a bit grumpy over this. <laughs> the crackdown comes, though, as the streaming wars really start to heat up. Uh, Netflix's market share has been dwindling as several new competitors have taken off. It remains to be seen what the password crackdown means for Aussie users and whether more of us will stump up for a new account or just stop watching. News just in this morning, Alice, Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has died at age 83. Yeah, Turner began her career in the 1950s and she became an MTV phenomenon and one of the top recording artists of all time Mm. with her hit songs like What's Love Got To Do With It and Simply The Best. Or Alex, my personal favourite, Proud Mary. (laughs) She's being remembered as a singer of explosive power and energy. According to her publicist, Turner died peacefully after a long illness. Alice, if you're in Paris and hoping to pop over to Lyon or Bordeaux, you can no longer travel by plane. France has banned short-haul domestic flights under two and a half hours if a train alternative exists. This is an attempt by the French government to cut down on carbon emissions from plane travel, Alex. Mm. The airlines are, of course, mad about it, but the (laughs) French Citizens' Convention on Climate is also mad because the ban was first floated for flights that are shorter than four hours. Mm. I don't know about you, but one of my favourite ways to travel overseas is by train. Taking Mm. the scenic route is always so much better. I have always loved taking the country trains in Australia, but I don't know, maybe just me. (laughs) We'll link to a BBC article as well that shows the emissions from different modes of transport in our show notes. Squiz of the day, Alice. Tasmania has its state budget today. Yeah, and we'll also see the Australian Book Industry Awards tonight in Sydney. And that is it for today. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.